Welcome, and thank you for tuning into the Graceland Church Podcast. Our mission is to follow Jesus and love our neighbor for the good of the city. I mentioned earlier that my wife and a lot of the women of our church are away this week, so I've had my four kids this weekend. They're between four and 13 years old and and wonderful, and one of the things that I have to do when trying to get them all to be places at the same time on time is prepare. So conversations last night are all around, do you know exactly what you're wearing to church tomorrow? Is it out and is it prepared? Do you know exactly what shoes you're wearing? Do you know what you are eating for breakfast? Do you know, is it going to be chilly? Do you need a sweatshirt? Because um, if you've tried to move kids around with any sort of punctuality, you realize that kids have just a masterful way of having crisis right when it's time to walk out the door. Anybody with me? I mean, it's just like a, it's a magic trick. It's like miraculous power. Yesterday, when it was pouring down rain, we were planning for this great family day, and we did have a great family family day, but we, were, we couldn't play outside, so we're going to go to the mall, Cool Springs, we're going to get some Chick-fil-A, which we've been doing pretty much every Saturday for about 14 years, so they, I wish we had stock in Chick-fil-A. We've given them so much money and eaten so much chicken. Um, we were going to go to the candy store after that, uh, get some shots for one of the kids that gets allergy shots, and so we had a little bit of a time crunch. It's pouring rain outside, and as we're going to get to the shot clinic before it closes, one of my kids, who will remain unnamed this morning, says, I can't find my shoes. And I said, wear a different pair of shoes. And she said, absolutely not. (laughs) And I said, why not? She said, we're going to the mall. And it wasn't my oldest. She's in here on Camry today. It wasn't Novi, just to save her dignity. And I said, well, did you wear the shoes that you want yesterday? And she said, yeah. And I said, where did you put them? She said, I have no idea. I've looked everywhere in the house. And I said, you're gonna have to wear something else and figure it out. So what she chose, and by the way, she probably has 13 pairs of shoes, I don't know. But she chose sandals to go over her socks during the torrential downpour of yesterday at 11 a.m. And I said, sweetheart, you can't wear sandals over socks. We're going to the mall. We have to park like 200 yards away from the entrance. You're gonna be absolutely drenched. Your socks are gonna be soaked. And she said, it's okay. And so I'm just thinking, okay, okay, this is just... When we finally got to the mall, it was raining so hard, I did have to drop them off, but I almost didn't want to drop them off just to make her walk in the rain. I'm just repenting of that publicly right now. The thing about raising kids, one of the many things, is you wish that whatever you said, they would do. Doesn't that sound simple? Anybody with me? But they don't always do what your voice says. And I wonder sometimes how our Heavenly Father, who knows the perfect way to live and has made provision for us to walk in His ways, and speaks to us and has spoken many things to us. Imagine the parental frustration that God the Father must have and the immense patience he must have to watch us living our lives so often ignoring what he says. Anybody with me? Sometimes running full speed the opposite direction of what he says. We've all been there. You might be in a chapter of your life like that right now. And I want to share a short message over these next few minutes about hearing God's voice because his voice, the voice of our father is a voice that loves us and speaks truth to us. 
And it's going to be part of what we talked about two weeks ago out of John 15, which we've been studying the whole book of John. And I shared a message called The True Vine. And just as a quick, quick recap, the true vine is Jesus. He is the vine, and he is the only vine or source that gives life. And there are many other false vines or false sources of life that actually want to steal life from us. And our only responsibility as a branch on the vine is to remain in the vine. And it simplifies our life as Christians because you don't actually have to know everything about your life that needs to happen in the next two, 10, or 50 years. You can just focus on remaining in the vine. Life gets a lot simpler and a lot more beautiful when we realize that is our primary job description. And one of the things Jesus said in this narrative, John 15, and this is verse 7a, he says, if you remain in me and my words remain in you. So he makes this connection that part of remaining in the vine, because we have to ask ourselves, how do we do that? What does that practically mean? Part of it is his words remaining in us. And that comes with the promises articulated in John 15. And some of them are that we will bear much fruit. That means just that our lives will be effective in the way that God wants them to. It says that our joy will be complete. I don't know about you, but I would love to move towards complete joy. That sounds like a good life goal. It says that there will be evidence in our lives that we are his disciples. And it says that we will ask whatever we wish and it will be done for us if we remain in him and his words remain in us. And a quick clarification on that point because it can be so misunderstood. If we're in him and his words are in us, it transforms what we wish for because we long for him and his will. And when we ask for it, we get it. So if we want all those things to be true in our life, we have to value his voice because his words pour forth as speech. And we're going to look today at how does God speak to us? And I can get stuck on just this opening verse, Philippians 4, 8, and just the first part of it. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, think about such things. And, and here's the thing that I want to connect between what Jesus said in, in John chapter 15 and this, what the apostle Paul said in Philippians. Of course, it's all God speaking to us through his word, but but there is actually only one thing in the entire expanse of the universe that is always true, and that is God's voice. Your voice is not always true. What your emotions tell you are not always true. What people tell you is not always true. And of course, what culture tells us is often not true. And so if we want to Heed this command and think about what is true. If that's part of what it is to have this flourishing life that Jesus calls us to, we need to attune ourselves to his voice because it is his voice that is true. I like how Mark Batterson says, learning how to hear the voice of God is the solution to a thousand problems. We tend to try to just fix all the problems. But I want to submit to you that if we can dial back to this more core essential practice of learning his voice, his voice will speak to every problem in our life. And it will transform our approach to it. It'll transform us. And his voice moves with miraculous power. His voice moves mountains. His voice parts seas. So we want to learn his voice today. Now, a lot of times when we talk about hearing from God, our minds immediately go to 
what specific direction do I need in my life? You know, what job should I take? Who should I marry? What business decision should I make? And those are not bad questions. You should bring those to the Lord. But I wanna come back even further and just let's, let's say, God, what are you saying to me? Dallas Willard, who's an author I'd highly recommend, says, generally, it is much more important to cultivate the quiet, inward space of constant listening than to always be approaching God for specific direction. And let me clarify again, do approach God for specific direction, but the more important core piece that I'd like to encourage us towards this morning is how do we cultivate the quiet, inward space of constant listening to the voice of God? And I believe it starts with this main principle, and it's in your notes. When seeking to hear God's voice, start by going back to what he has already spoken to you. He's already spoken. Why would we be chasing after God to speak to us new things if we haven't paid attention to what he has said? So let's look at these three simple categories for how God speaks. Number one, hear God's voice through his word. That's the Bible, scripture. He has already spoken to us through his word. King David demonstrated all throughout the Psalms what it is to delight in the word of the Lord, delight in the law of the Lord, because it is the way that works. He says, your word, Lord, is a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. I will delight in it all day long. So I just wanna, I wanna caution you against from starting the conversation about hearing God's voice with anything other than God's word. He has spoken that to us. That is the foundation of his heart towards us as humans. Matt Chandler articulates it well. God speaks in impressions, dreams, and a thousand other ways. But those ways and those words will never contradict or go against the revealed word of God. If you want to hear from the Lord, grow in your knowledge of the word of God so you understand his character, what he is all about. So when you do go, I think God is leading this way. It is filtered by and informed by the word of God. And I love this line from Matt. There is truth for all people at all times and in all places. It is the word of God. This is the word of God that has lasted from generation to generation to generation that will never change and never fade away, never spoil. It is always true. Some generations have tried to completely take it out or discredit it, yet it remains. It, it speaks to every culture. Have you ever traveled internationally? And you know how if you try to communicate with people from a different language or an entirely different culture, it can be very hard to get through. Well, the word of God, God uses to speak to every culture throughout all of time. Since, since he created people, there have been, his, his word has assembled since creation and is now fully complete to us and revealed to us through scripture. And yet we sometimes cry out to God, please speak to me, Lord, while holding a closed Bible in our hand. It just makes no sense. So you have to dive into understanding scripture. Now, let me give you a few cautions. Sometimes people abandon clinging to God's word because others have misused God's word. Right? Some people have taken God's word and they just kind of want the fattest Bible possible so they can smack people across the face with it, which is not the way we use God's word. And I mean that metaphorically. Like some people just use scripture to beat people up. They use it in anger. Some people even use it in hate. Well, that's not the word. That's not the spirit of the word. That's not God's heart. So don't let the fact that people have abused the word stop you from clinging to the word, right? Sometimes that happens. 
A secondary caution would be don't let the fact that there are things that you don't understand in the Bible stop you from clinging to the word. You see, and I'll give you just a little trick that I use, and I'll start with the confession. I'm a pastor. I've been a pastor for over 20 years. I've been pastoring, and I've been to Bible college. I've, I'm from a family of pastors. I'm a fourth-generation pastor on my mom's side. I, I could fake an answer to any question about the Bible, but in reality, I don't know every answer about the Bible. You tracking with me? I don't know. There's lots of stuff in, in here I don't know. I can seek things out. I can, I can you know, try to study. I can ask people that speak into my life. But, but I have found that I'm very comfortable in the mystery of the things I don't understand because my trust for God continues to grow as I get to know him, right? So it is not, when, when I come to something in scripture, which still happens at this point in my life, even though I've read the whole Bible many times, sometimes I will come back to something and think, man, I don't really get that. Why is that here? Lord, teach me what you're trying to get, get through here. How, how do I interpret this? There are things in there that, are, that, that can be frustrating to me. Does anybody resonate with what I'm talking about? Like, why, why is that here, Lord? Because I believe it's the inspired, inerrant word of God, meaning there's no error in it. Well, here's a tool to just help you with this, and this is literally what I do. When you look at God's word, you have to look at the full scope of God's word, Old Testament to New Testament, the entire book, Genesis to Revelation. And it is, teaches us about itself that we must understand the spirit of the word. Ultimately, the, the word fully revealed is the person of Jesus Christ. Jesus is the word and the spirit of the word is what we're really after when we're studying the word. So anytime I come across something that's frustrating or I don't get, I just say, Lord, I don't get that, help me, I'm gonna study that, but I wanna let that be absorbed into this context of the spirit of the word that I know to be true. And I don't have to fully answer it. In fact, the people that I look to the most, the older they get and the more seasoned they get in the Lord, the more humble they get about their theology. Doesn't mean they, they, they waver on their convictions, that's not at all what I'm talking about. But I'm talking about all the little nuances about scripture and things that we wanna understand. They get more humble about that because they more trust the Lord and are comfortable in the mystery. Anyone that acts like they know every answer about the Bible, I think as a teacher you should run from. I just do, I don't think it's, I don't think it's the right approach. You know why? Because God is God and we're not. There is one true God. There is one who, who knows all things, and it's not us. Now, he can guide us in all truth, but I just don't think we're meant to be answer people. And in the same way that my, my trust for my wife grows, the longer we're married, we'll be married 16 years this Friday, and as I know her more, I trust her more because I know her heart and her character. So when she does something I don't understand or don't get, I interpret it within the trust of her character. Does that make sense? I think the closer you get to the Lord, the more you walk with him, you should trust his heart more and be okay with questions. So we can just take a deep breath. It sounds like I'm not sure if you guys are with me. Is this resonating with you guys? Okay. If you have any questions about that, please come and talk to me. And don't mishear me. I'm not saying we waver on the core truths of scripture. Quite the contrary. I'm saying that everything has to start with the word of God. This is our base of knowing who he is. But I am saying don't let... Lack of understanding about some pieces stop you from delighting in the word of God. God wants you to delight in his word. And then it leads, well, and let me, before I go to the second one, a few just practical examples. If, if, if you feel like God is ever leading you to not pay your taxes, 
you can just know it's not the Lord. Because scripture teaches us to render unto Caesar what is Caesar's. If you ever feel like God is leading you as a business owner to just find some corners to cut, it's not the Lord. Scripture has told us, do not lie. If you ever feel like you just love this person so much, and even though you're not married, you, you should start full physical intimacy with them. The Lord has blessed it. No, he hasn't. I don't care what you feel. God's word has spoken to us that sex is created to be in the covenant of marriage. If you ever feel like God has released you to seek revenge on that person that hurt you, it's not the voice of God. God says, forgive as you've been forgiven. I do not care what you feel. We can convince ourselves of a lot of things. It is the word of God that is true. I had a, a group of people I was counseling at the church I pastored in Los Angeles a number of years ago who came to me just so convinced that God was speaking to them about something and they wanted to run it by me. They just had the peace of God about it, God had confirmed it to them in multiple ways, like prophetic words and all these things. They were using this language. And ultimately what they thought God was telling them was to practice polyamory. And if you don't know what polyamory is, it is when you decide you're gonna have romantic love with more than one person and you form a group together of, of three or more, polyamorous lifestyle. And graciously I said to them, I don't remember exactly what my language was, but graciously I said, that's definitely not the Lord. It's not him speaking that because he's spoken to us through his word. So he will not speak to us things contrary to his word. And you need to convince yourself of that because we are so good at justifying whatever we want. We'll convince ourselves. And if you, if you can put the stamp of God said it on it, it doesn't mean anything if it contradicts God's word. So everything starts with his word. And you guys know our, our, our world and culture is just gone mad and it's just anything goes and it will not end well. It's empty promises. It is all attempts to deal with pain and brokenness and emptiness in ways that will not work. Empty promises. So I have compassion for people that are going down that road. I'm not, I'm not waving a judgmental finger, but it is completely wrong, right? And we are called to draw people back to his voice. But that starts with us. So number one is his word. Number two, hear God's voice through his whispers. The voice that spoke the cosmos into existence is the same voice that parted the Red Sea. It's the same voice that will make all things new, new heavens and new earth. And it's the same voice that speaks to you today. And I love how this author says, we've learned from scripture that God often speaks in a whisper not to make it difficult to hear him, but to draw us close. You ever notice when someone whispers around you, you either choose not to hear it or you get a little closer. And I wanna share an insight that someone shared with me once and bear with me for a second. I think it's worth learning about the metaphors that God uses to help us understand our relationship with him. So in John 10, 27, we studied this a number of months ago. Jesus said, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and, my follow, and they follow me. So in this instance, we are likened as Christians to sheep, not even human, just sheep. And sheep are the dumbest farm animals, by the way. Did you guys know that? So there is some component here of Jesus being like, you are like the dumbest farm animal that has ever existed. <laughs> Jesus said it, I didn't say it. And sheep are crazy dumb. And I've, I've talked to shepherds. Sheep, sheep will have healthy grass right here and start eating the poison right here. 
And if that's not humanity, I don't know what is, right? I mean, we have the word of God right here, but we believe all the empty promises right here and run this way. But then Jesus, as he's, as he's discipling people and hanging out with his followers, he says, um, you guys are, are, are servants. So at least they're human now. And for a servant, the voice of the master is important. You gotta know what to do. But then Jesus said, I no longer call you servant. I call you a friend to his disciples. So we are invited into friendship with the living God. And I don't know about you, but your closest friends, what do you know? Their voice. In fact, your closest friends have voices that are profoundly comforting to you. Am I right? Nothing quite like the voice of a true friend. But then it goes even deeper. Scripture teaches us that we are the children of God. You see, the the metaphor of understanding who we are with God gets more and more intimate. We're children. We are raised under his voice. All of us as kids were raised under the voice of our parents or whatever authority raised us. Well, we were raised under the voice of God. More than that, you're created by the voice of God. His voice is in you. His voice keeps your body working. His voice heals you. And then it goes even more intimate. Scripture says we are lovers of God. So he uses the language that, that pulls from the most intimate relationship we have as humans, lovers. And it says that that is the way that we should be in closeness with the Lord. So, so it's not strange or weird to say, for me to say, I'll just use myself for an example. I wanna know the whisper of God like I know the whisper of my wife. He wants to speak with you at that level of intimacy. We as the body, scripture says, are the bride of Christ. I know that can be weird you know, for the dudes, but we're the bride of Christ together and he is the groom. And he lays down his life for the bride. Now, it's important to note when talking about the whispers of God, and I just really believe this to be true. I believe we see the evidence in scripture and all throughout church history. Different people hear the whispers of God in different ways because we're all created differently. So some people going out on a walk in nature is where they're gonna most profoundly hear the whispers of God or maybe being out on the ocean or up in a mountain or out on a tent, in a tent for a week, you know? And they're just gonna be close to the Lord there. Others wanna get back inside as quick as possible. And being outside brings out, or rather I should say, being outside makes them lose their Christianity because of all the bugs. And they're just angry, smacking the bugs. They gotta get back inside. And and maybe those people wanna get inside and just open up a bunch of commentaries and study right, and, and drink deeply of, of the intellectual truths of God and the apologetics of God. Others want to sit down and write a song and, and, and weep before the Lord and, and play instruments and, and write poems and produce plays. Others want to sit in complete silence. Others want to jump and yell at the top of their lungs. Probably all of us want to do all of this at some point or another, but the point is don't try to hear God's whispers the way someone else hears God's whispers. It's okay to just be you is what I'm saying. Does that resonate with you guys? Just be you. Now, it has to start with God's word, but how you consume that doesn't even matter. You can listen to it. You can read it. You can, I mean, just get it in you, right? And then hearing his whispers, I think the different denominations um, that we have experienced in the church in the West, uh, the Christian ones are, are in many ways just expressions of different personalities, There are doctrinal differences, don't get me wrong, and and those are important, but in a lot of ways, they're expressions of personalities. Uh, When my wife and I were first in Nashville, uh, we were visiting some churches because we weren't pastoring yet, 
and we went over to Rocket Town to visit Midtown Church, which was there in the morning, and they were a Presbyterian plant. I had a, an acquaintance who was an elder there, and there were probably 600 people in the room, beautiful service, rich sense of God's nearness, but the room was so quiet. So they would sing the song. The band was very quiet. You could barely hear the music. The, the, it was the voices, which was beautiful. And then between songs, all the music would stop, and you wouldn't hear a peep. I don't think I saw one hand raised. It's just they don't, don't do that in their practice. It was a beautiful message from the pastor, and that was the service. And I was tremendously encouraged by it, and, and God uses that to reach people. And then the same day, we went back to Rocket Town for another church's service because they were renting the venue, and it was the belonging company. And the belonging company, if you don't know, is like youth convention every Sunday. It's so loud. I mean, it was sh- my heart almost like stopped, I think, from just like the subwoofer. Now, I'm in the middle of like, I like that for a little while, but then I'm like, I'm, I got to peace out and be quiet for a little while. I think it's just my age. I grew up playing in like loud, 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 like punk rock band, so I was loud all the time. And now I'm settling down more. Belonging Company was amazing. And I know I have friends that are on staff there and they preached God's word and they're reaching people. People were jumping and, and raising their hands and like yelling and shouting unto God. And my point is both beautiful expressions of the body of Christ. Perfectly valid in the kingdom of God. As long as they're preaching scripture, they're preaching Jesus. If someone walked into those rooms without hearing what was being said and just looked at the expression, they would almost think they were on different planets. This can't be the same thing. It's the same thing. It's the beauty of the body of Christ. So we don't need to look down on one another about the different preferences and styles and, and, and things that are happening. The, these, these buildings and these instruments and all the preferences, songs, styles are not the church. You are the church. We are the church. And we don't just end after these walls. We are the church with everyone here in this middle Tennessee region that God has called us to do life with as the church of Jesus. And so point being, I don't want you to feel pressure to hear God's whispers the way someone else does. Have you ever heard someone share that is a super disciplined personality that said, I get up every day at 4 a.m. and spend an hour and a half with Jesus, and I haven't missed it for 10 years, and it changed my life. And you're just thinking, what? I'm hopeless. I'm thinking that too. If that's not your wiring, you don't have to try to do that. Do something. Don't hear me wrong. Like at the end today, we're going we're gonna to take an audit of what's really happening in our lives with hearing God's voice. Do something, but it doesn't need to be what someone else does, is my point. We can be free to connect with the Lord how he has wired us. And then number three, hear God's voice through the wise counsel of his church. You could just as easily say the wise counsel of his people, his children. I do think it's very important to find a local church to lock into and just a place where you're accountable, a place where you have deeper relationships. And beyond that, I think it's important for every person to have a sense, one, two, three, four, five, six people, something like that, that are kind of on the board of your life that you trust their counsel. You guys know what I'm talking about? It doesn't mean they replace God's voice, but it means you trust their counsel to the point that they can correct you. You don't trust someone's counsel until they can correct you. If you don't have any counsel in your life that cannot correct you, you are not accountable to anyone. You're just doing whatever you wanna do, which is a very, very dangerous way to live. Because again, we are masters at deceiving ourselves and justifying whatever we want. That's just selfishness. That's what we do. We're, We're so good at sinful nature. I just wanna encourage you, 
Think right now, who is on the board of your life? If this is your church, hopefully there's some people here in this church that you would consider on the board of your life. Someone on our team, we have pastors, we have leaders here. Hopefully there's some people from the history of your life that are on your board. It might be a parent. It could be a teacher, a former pastor, a friend. But then I wanna ask yourself, how actively are you seeking and listening to their counsel? And I would encourage you to be more intentional about that because we need, we need the body. You will always notice yourself isolating from your board when you're doing stuff you know you shouldn't be doing. I would ask it this way. Are you perhaps running in certain directions right now that you know your board would be like, stop? Or are you perhaps ignoring certain things in your life right now that your board would, you just have a sense, they would all be like, you should be doing this right now. That's worth listening to because God speaks through the wise counsel of his people. And I really live like that. Um, my wife and I do together. In fact, if you asked us separately, I bet you we would both say the same four to seven names if you asked who was on our board together. And we really filter through all our major decisions with that group. It's, we don't use the language board, like, hey, we gotta go talk to the board. We don't do that. I'm just using that as an illustration. And we don't, we don't replace their, we don't say that their voice is stronger than God's voice or stronger than scripture. It's not, but we have acknowledged God uses them in our life and we wanna pay attention to it. They are, now let me say this, don't give away a board seat unless it's a trustworthy follower of Jesus. One of the problems is we give away board seats to people that don't even know Jesus sometimes or to people that are believing an entirely different narrative. Some of us have put a, a few board seats just to our culture. Hey, if so-and-so thinks this, now they're on my board, now I kind of believe that. And all of a sudden you're questioning God's word. My dad always taught me growing up that spiritual warfare um, is about who will determine reality. It's an authority question. And you'll notice much of spiritual warfare is the enemy always trying to question what God said. That's what happened in the garden. Did God really say this? That's what happened to Jesus when he was tempted by Satan in the wilderness. Did God really say you're the son of God. If so, blah, 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 blah. He gets you to question the word. And I guarantee you, you have in your life right now competing authorities that if you let them, will take root in your thoughts and will hurt you because they're opposed to God's word. Is that making sense? And this is why scripture talks about taking captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. And it just makes sense that if we are filling ourselves more with the voices of culture and, and the consensus of the world, we're gonna question God's word more. But if we fill ourselves more with the word and the whispers of God and the wise counsel of the church, we're gonna see the world more for what it is. And when I'm, talking, when I'm saying the world, I'm not talking about people, the collective reality of humanity that God loves. I'm talking about the systems of the world, right? The broken systems, the lies. Scripture uses this language. I remember back in the days of iPods. Anybody remember iPods? It's funny. We, old school isn't even like CDs anymore. Because for me growing up, it was CDs. That's what was, I, I was on the transition from cassettes to CDs. Should we just do this experiment? Who here is like record people? You grew up on records. Who is pre-records? Anybody? Who, who is like cassettes? Where are my cassette people at? Who are CDs? Who started with like iPods? Okay, we don't like you guys. You and all your youth. Who started with like Spotify? Oh my goodness, that's my daughter in the back, 13, almost 14. Yeah, enjoy your youth. It's all gonna change again some point here. Back in the days of iPods, I had that classic silver Apple iPod. And you know how you could put your iPod on shuffle? 
and this is when you actually had to buy everything that was on your iPod, children. We paid for music, we valued it, and whatever it was on your iPod, that's all you could listen to. And in, in, in some ways, it was better because you had to actually pay for music. Um, I one time was just driving in my car, this is maybe a decade ago, and I was like, Lord, I, I'm crying out to you. I need you to speak to me, and I have my, I have my iPod on shuffle. And like eight things in a row on my iPod came on that I felt like just spoke to me. I just felt like my, God was speaking to me through my iPod. The shuffle setting is how I felt. It was just like a song, and I have like sermons and teachings on there too. Then this teaching about what I was crying out to God about. And I was like, oh my goodness, God, you're speaking to me through my iPod. And I felt like the Lord was fine with me thinking that, but also reminded me that, that I have filled my iPod with a lot of God's word. I just had I, not everything. I'm not like one of these people that you have to be singing about Jesus to listen to it. I enjoy like lots of music, but by far my iPod was filled with things that genuinely were glorifying to God and speaking scripture. And I felt like God just kind of reminded me, oh, whatever you fill yourself up with, whatever you fill your iPod with is the stuff that's gonna naturally be playing in your mind. It's not as much me speaking through your shuffle, Nathan. It's more it's really good that you filled your iPod with this much truth. You tracking with me? So, so that's, that's an illustration to help us understand. It's not as much about like, Lord, when I desperately need you, I need this magic lightning bolt moment. It's more about developing the quiet center before the Lord that's filled with his word. And then even the shuffle moves us towards the Lord. The random thoughts of our head start being more about scripture than more about what we're angry about or more about who we don't forgive or about what we're worried about. It's, it's his words that start to fill us more. His word, his whispers, and his wise counsel. I think in a lot of ways, we know his voice more than we realize. And for sure, he has spoken to us more than we realize. As the worship team comes up, I wanna take you through two responses together. The first is gonna be an audit. I want you to audit before the Lord today, as part of our closing, part of our response, how much intake of his word you really have in your daily life, how much space for his whispers, and how much accountability through wise counsel, truly. How much word of God do you intake on an average day? And here's the reason that's so important. Whatever you're not filling his word with is usually being filled by something else. We're taking in some other competing authority, some other thought system as opposed to his word. So let's increase our word intake. And then are you making space for his whispers? That's tricky because our world is really loud right now. Our minds are really loud. I mean, we're just getting messages all day, every day. Depending on your discipline with like media and phones and and even apart from that, we're just around people constantly. We're hearing things constantly. So how much are you creating space for his whispers? Which sometimes are just whispers. They draw us near. Are you spending time at his feet like Mary, just listening? Mary would sit at the feet of Jesus to listen. And then how are you doing with wise counsel? Do you know who's on your board? Are you receiving from your board? Are you committed and locked in with a church family? Do you have someone who's a pastor in your life that can bring healthy correction or a mentor in your life that can, 
that can yell at you, the bridge is out as you're headed towards a collapse. And with this audit, I hope you'll make changes. But in an effort to not end us on any kind of downer note, because doing an audit like that, all of us can grow. So sometimes it can feel like a downer. It shouldn't, or else we're missing again his voice. I wanna remind you what God has already told you. And if you'll just close your eyes with me, the team is gonna start to play a little bit and then we're gonna sing. Just understand and, and let yourself come before the Lord for a moment. Just, just remember he's here, the living God. He is speaking. And I wanna remind you things that I know for sure he's already told you. Now you may not have fully heard it yet. You may not fully believe it yet, but he has spoken this to you. He's told you that he loves you. And he's backed up his love with action, sacrificial love. He's told you repeatedly, do not be afraid. And to take heart and to have courage. He has told you that he is your healer and will make you whole. He has told you that you can rest in him because his yoke is easy and his burden is light. He has told you that you can trust him with everything. He has told you that he will provide for you everything you need. He has told you that you must forgive in order to be free. He has told you that he will never leave you or forsake you. He is always with you because his love is an everlasting love. He has told you that he has a guaranteed future for you, an eternal home. And he's called you his very own. And with all our eyes closed, if you're here today and you're just not sure you've ever believed those promises, you're not sure if you're a follower of Christ, you're not sure about your eternity. And you just want to say today, I want to know you, God. I want to say yes to your forgiveness. Forgive me because I've fallen short. Just raise your hand to me. I want to pray with you. But I pray for those specifically that are responding to just the invitation to follow Jesus. And God, I pray that they would just have a yes in their heart. Say, God, lead me in your way everlasting. It's like when Jesus would go up to someone who's just fishing and say, hey, come follow me. Everything in their life changes. They, their whole life becomes oriented about this person, around this person of Jesus. So Lord, I pray they would come to know you. And I pray that they would receive your love today, that they'd be filled with your Holy Spirit today. That they would commit their entire life to you and to following the way everlasting. Church, if you're with me and just wanting to sing of his goodness and also just declare, Lord, I need more of your word, more of your whispers, more of your wise counsel. Can you lift your hands? That's just a response. I'm not looking around. My eyes are closed. You can close your eyes. But it's just a sense of responding to the Lord. God, we say yes. And, and I pray for every person with a hand raised. And for anyone that's nervous about raising their hand, Lord, I pray for just incredible clarity through hearing your voice. I pray for renewed mind, Lord. I pray for a life of faith, not sight. I pray for a life of clinging and delighting and cherishing 
the living word of God. Seeking, listening for your whispers, leaning close on the arms of their father, their heavenly father, listening to the whispers of heaven. And Lord, true accountability among the body that they would receive wise counsel. None of us can follow you isolated. So God, just get that out of our heads. God, give each of us a handful of people that we can just walk with, that we can receive from. And help us, God, when we need correction, to seek it and receive it and change directions. That's called repentance. Help us to repent. We delight in repentance. We celebrate repentance every day. Every time we walk in a wrong direction, we can turn back and go the opposite way. And we thank you for this, Lord. We thank you that your cross has made a way. Your love, your blood shed for us has made a way. So, Lord, we don't want to waste any more time believing any other voice but yours. In Jesus' name, amen. Before they pray this benediction, I want to give you two encouragements. One is we're going into the summer, and summer is a time that uh, sometimes Christians can think of, I'm just kind of checking out for a little while. And I want to encourage you, not in a condemnation sense, but in a beautiful invitational sense, see the summer as a time to go deeper in your walk with Jesus, not take a break. You tracking with me? Like when you go on vacation, bring something that is, that is bring a devotional or a book or, or decide to study some scripture as part of your vacation. There's nothing worse than putting our hope in a vacation that leaves us more tired after it's over. So what you can do is cling to the vine while you're on vacation, right? Cling to the actual source of life and do it throughout the summer. And as a church, we're gonna actually have another book that we're all gonna read through this summer if anybody would like. We did it in January and we're gonna do it again. It's a great discipleship tool. That, those details will go out soon. We'll have a few Bible studies and groups for anyone that has the ability. But let me just encourage you, think of summer as a chance to go deep. And then as we ramp back up to the fall, uh, let's fully engage in the mission God has called us to. And of course, we do it in the summer too. But the fall is such a prime moment when, when school is starting, things are getting back to their normal flow. I'm telling you guys, we have an entire world around us, including sometimes neighbors that might even attend churches or have a history in church, even if they're not there now, that are being devastated by voices other than God's. I mean, that's just the reality. I mean, people are being destroyed by voices that hate them and are seducing them and are lying to them. That's the attempt on your life. That's the attempt on everybody's life around us. And the mission that God has given to us matters, right? It is not time for us to just sit back and be glad we have the good news of Jesus. We must share it. We must invite people into the family of God. So I just wanna encourage you in those two things. Let's go deep in our walk with God and let's keep calling people back to the voice of God the voice that transforms their life, the voice that has every answer they need in it. I'm gonna pray this benediction over us and then we'll be dismissed. Go and make known the mystery of the gospel. Keep alert and pray at all times. Draw strength from God's power and so stand firm against all that would corrupt. And may God arm you with truth and righteousness. May Jesus give you words of spirit and life and may the Holy Spirit draw you near to God's presence and bless you with honor and grace so that in return may be truth, so that you in return may be truth, hope, and grace to all who you meet this week. And go in the name of the Father, 
the Son, and the Holy Spirit. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.